Welcome to Patscast, the unofficial Regina Pats podcast. We are a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And this is our episode for January 12th, 2020. Paddock. He's straight up the middle into the Cougar zone. Drake's forehead and oh! scores! Oh, what a goal, Cole Kaprinsky! How about that? How do you do? Robbie Kegel's backhand, what a glove arm save for Buskey. was down and out, but he reached and made a great stop. That's the other way to break away feet for Zach Smith. He's trading on Wolf, shoots and scores! Okay, thanks Pats fans for listening or watching in our live stream. You get the uh, live uncut fun when you <laughs> you watch live on yeah. Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook. So we've got, uh, what is it, three games three games to talk about this week. Uh, kind of forgot about one, that one that happened last on the Wednesday. That one's kind of come and gone, but we'll talk about that. Um, also talk a little bit about what the team looks like now. Uh, obviously a busy, busy week overshadowing some of the, the games that went on, but we will talk about those games and the team. And we're going to have that second part of that interview we did with Josh Kreitzer last week. Uh, so last week we just played obviously the games that uh, were relevant to this week, but we have the second half of that. Anyway, so yeah, the three games we want to talk about, starting with uh, PG. Yeah, uh, we kind of forgot to preview that one. We kind of got into that big, long interview and yeah, and for, kind of forgot about the PG game, but... Uh, yeah, and then it kind of almost got lost a little bit this week too with all the other news going on, but uh, it actually turned out to be not a bad game. Um, team showed some resilience being down, what, 2 nothing pretty early on. Yeah, they came back a couple times. Yeah, so it yeah, um, yeah. Five four shootout win, uh, and I was kind of following PG a little bit on this road trip they're on. They uh, so they took us to a shootout, which I mean, no, no major news there. But no, that's kind of two comparable teams. Yeah, and then they followed up in Prince Albert, took them to overtime. Two yeah, um, one, I think. P- yeah, PA. Yeah, that was so Paddock's first game. Yeah, so. PG saw Paddock back-to-back games, so they're obviously not too yeah. big of a fan of him. They lost both. Yeah, I, that, I thought that was kind of interesting to be yeah. able, for him to be able to do that. Um, yeah, and then they beat Saskatoon, so they're actually having a bit of success here where they've got four out of a possible six points. Yeah, that's, uh, not, that's, that's not, not bad, bad to the start first yeah. half of the road trip, right? Yeah, four absolutely. Points. Yeah. But overall, I mean, it was a, it was a fairly decent game. Um, I don't know. Anything you want to say about it? You know, I totally forgot. I left my notes at home. Okay. They're on my, my game note sheet, and I totally forgot about it. But, yeah, it was just nice that they came back. I thought, um, yeah, it well, seems like the third period seemed to be better. Like, they yeah. had a bad start again. Yeah. Um, But they, and the overtime was pretty dreadful, and then the shootout. I mean, it's skills competition, but whatever, <laughs> but I mean, we had yeah. a couple nice goals. How about Dubinsky's? Dubinsky's was real nice. Yeah. Smith had a nice little through the five hole and stuff like that, so it, we, we've done okay in the shootouts. Yes, um, yeah. And they put out some new guys this time. Smith, you know, he's he's been doing all right. I mean, yeah. I don't think I would have picked him for the shootout, but it was nice to Why see not? him get a chance, and he scored, so it was a great uh, great decision there. Mm-hmm. And in that game, Denemy and Nyhoff both had two goals. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. We we're on hat trick. Watch. Hat trick watch. Yeah. I haven't had that for a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if anyone recalls, I used to bring a hat uh, during our Memorial Cup year. I used to bring a hat, an old hat, just in the case to throw it on. And if we got one, and I don't think I brought it at all last year. Maybe when Jake and Nick were still here, maybe I did. Yeah. And, but after that uh, happened, it no, was like, yeah. I didn't bring it. And I hadn't brought it at all this year, and then I did bring it uh, that game because I thought, well, <laughs> if there's any any chance we're going to get a hat trick, this might be it against uh, against. PG. But you know, we were talking a little bit during that game because it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. Just start, those midweek games are just ugly. Yeah, they Pats do not a little rough play yeah. well in those. But uh, yeah, and I talked to Nyhoff Nyhoff post game. Okay. And I totally didn't. And it, I, I guess I could play the whole thing. It was pretty decent because I talked to him about the game, not scoring for a while, mm-hmm. and about the trade deadline, and then kind of into the trip. So I kind of uh, no, I didn't. M- Matt comments. Uh, nice to see some different shooters. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, it seemed like we were always doing Pratt Cole home, 
Holmes prep. Yeah, cool. like it was the same guys, and yeah, yeah, it was nice. And after watching Dubinsky's nice move, move yeah, he, why not give him some more opportunity? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like we know he has skill. Sure, he hasn't scored a lot of goals, but he's a smaller guy, younger guy. You can see the skills there. So when it's a when it's a shootout, like there's nothing. There's exactly. nothing going against him. That he doesn't have to battle against these twenty-year-olds. Yeah, uh, these bigger guys. His sh- skill can shine in this kind of moment. He seems like the kind of guy that would be practicing that stuff and want to show it off. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> just get that vibe for him. Kind of like a Jesse Gabriel vibe. A little right? bit. I was gonna yeah. <laughs> just as I was saying, I thought he, he kind of has a yeah Jesse Gabriel vibe to him. Maybe not quite as uh, shit disturber, but yeah. I'm here. Let me see if I can pull up that uh, Nyhoff. If we want to listen to that Nyhoff interview. Yeah. You, while you're doing that, just regardless, the game displayed grit. Um, and I, uh, another thing I did want to mention was there's that awesome um, interview that WHL Unfiltered did with Brent Parker. And he was talking about um, how, how the teams are a little bit on edge coming that week, especially. And he said, one of the things that stuck out with that interview is your team will be better after the trade deadline even if you don't make a move just because guys are yeah a little they're everyone's a little on edge and anxious and uh, yeah you can just relax yeah yeah so this game. was this was one of those last games before like right in the middle of it really things were just starting to heat up the day after that yeah um so yeah it, it would have been easy for them to shut it down after two nothing um pg was looking good too man they had some nice goals and but yeah it was a, it was a good game it was fun yeah, and we and going back to the Memorial Cup year, we saw that how well the team did after the trade deadline. Like, sure, yeah, yeah we yeah. we got some more talent in, and we had all these guys in, but absolutely, everybody else, yeah, just can just relax and play the game. They don't have to worry about, oh, am I going to get traded, or I have to do good so I don't get traded, so I can stay on the Memorial Cup team, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, plug into that one. Plug that one in. All right, too many chords going on here. Yeah. All right, there it is. All right, this is Nyhoff after the PG game. It's nice to meet you again. Yeah. Popular guy tonight. Um, what was the message after the first period? You guys got down again, had some defensive breakdowns, but you responded pretty well in that second period. Yeah, I think the message was just to stay calm and uh, just we kind of talked and um, really talked, I guess, about how important these two points were. They're a team that's just behind us and we're looking to close the gap on the other teams. So. Um, just that and how we're getting on the road here. we got a couple of days off and that we just need to lay everything out there tonight for these points. Yeah, this is going to be a tough road trip, so that was kind of a key two points, wasn't it? <laughs> for sure. Um, how about your game? you got a couple goals tonight. You kind of snake bit in there on Sunday. How does it feel to finally pot a couple here? Good. I mean, it was a little frustrating those last couple of games, but uh, just staying positive and knowing that it's going to happen. And, uh, huge credit to Crane and Holmes for those two goals. They really helped me. Yeah. Going into this road trip, you know it's going to be tough. What's kind of the message to the team? Like, you kind of just got to battle through these. It's going to be tough, real tough teams in the U.S. division here. Yeah, so. for sure. I think uh, we got a lot of young guys who've never played the U.S. division. So I think we got to talk to them about just how physical it is and how every night's going to be a war. So, but overall, I think we just need to stick to our game and tighten up our defense and uh, really bear down on the chances that we get to help us. Yeah, I think maybe the trade li- trade deadline's kind of in a few guys' heads with, with the last few games here, possibly. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think there's a few guys who kind of are thinking about that, but at the end of the day, they, they got blocked that out and uh, do what they can for help us while they're here. And, you know, by the next game, trade deadline will be over, so uh, we'll have our final team then. Yeah, you guys can focus on the end of the end of the season. What's uh, what's kind of the outlook there once you guys get past that trade deadline and kind of finish out the season here? Uh, we're just trying to catch as many teams as we can and try to get in a bit of a playoff rush or push at the end of the season there, try to get in there. And yeah, I think just build. Right, cool. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Have a good trip. Thanks. That was good. Nice to hear you. You know, it's funny. Uh, that Rod Peterson had a kind of a junior hockey extravaganza on what day was that? Thursday when the trade started going down. And Dumbo, Jared Dumbo was on there saying they, they're honestly they're make they're shooting for a playoff push, whether they make it or not. But that's that is on their minds right now. Yeah, and Strusha's alluded to that. He said they want to get into the playoff race, right? Yeah, they you know, I think 
it is it's not unrealistic, but with the last few losses there, after the 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 Mustra wins, it was like okay, well if this team stays kind of rolling, they can they can push possibly for a playoff spot, yeah. not maybe get in, but at least give a run. But so they they're still looking to get that kind of run going. But uh, even if they don't make it, they don't make it. But they still they just want to just languish down here in the the basement and just and, right off the season, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You may as well have a goal that you're working yeah, towards, yeah. even if you don't reach it. It's a it's a lofty goal, but hey, you're looking at Red Deer. They're one point ahead of us. Saskatoon, we don't really even know what they're doing. Yeah, they they made some. <laughs> A bunch of trades, so I don't know if they. Yeah, it's kind of like they're going for it or not. not or, yeah, like it was almost like, uh, like a lateral move. Like they moved some guys out, but they brought some guys in. So. Yeah, maybe a little like Brandon that year, where they. Yeah, they were in a playoff spot, but said still okay, moved some assets to get some for the draft, future. Yeah, so they picks, they yeah. might, who knows, right? Yeah, but yeah, no, that's nice to hear. Uh, we haven't heard from Logan, so it was nice to hear from him. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've talked to him since about the start of the season. So. Okay. He had a good game, and he, he he was first star, so Access was doing the game, so he got interviewed there, and then he did the radio interview, and I didn't realize that, and then oh. I requested him, so <laughs> so I said he's <laughs> a popular night? guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyways, they finished that PG game, and I thought they were going to leave that night off to TC, but with the trade deadline, I think that may have affected it, just because yeah. it was uh, such an awkward timing, right? And normally, I think they would leave that night Evening, yeah. but uh it sounded like well there was trades going down that night yeah Feist was traded i was just finishing up my game recap for dub network and the feist trade came across yeah. so, so I, that was after midnight yeah it was almost one o'clock i was finishing that up yeah and uh yeah, and then we were i was off this week we were both watching rod peterson that day and the rumor came out that paddock didn't get on the bus that morning to go um, with the team. So then we started, rumor mill started flying and uh, there was talk that Brent Parker, I don't know where he, he if he tweeted it or what, or just spoke to someone saying that the deal was done with PA and, I, I you know, if it was a done deal as of that PG game. I was surprised he played that night. No, it sounded like in the press conference he said 1 a.m. it was done. Same time as the Feist one. Oh, okay. They okay. just waited till the morning to announce it i guess okay okay or he meant the feist one but he, he only really talked about the paddock trade he didn't really talk about the feist trade in that press conference but he said it was done about 1 a.m oh okay i missed so, that part okay yeah well regardless uh the team was on the on the road over to tri-cities played that game last night i didn't get to see it but you did i watched the highlights uh for uh, one thing i noticed it was nice to see makai mitchell back yeah, and it's been a while. He was out. You said November twenty seventh. Yeah, yeah. He's, so he's been out quite a while. Yeah. Uh, so nice to see him back with uh, well the loss of Tyson Feist. So there was a bit of a gap there. But uh, yeah, what did you think about that game? We also got to see Buskey. Yeah. Uh, start taking over the the leader, starting goalie role. Yeah, and I thought uh, Buskey played well. Sure, he gave up five goals, mm -hmm. but again, there's some defensive breakdowns, some two-on-ones that we just couldn't stop in the back of the net. Uh, they had a power play goal. Like, obviously, you can see this on the highlights, but he was totally screened. He didn't see anything. And honestly, the team didn't play well in the first 40 minutes. I mean, I don't know yeah. if maybe the bus legs or whatever, but they did not play well. They came out in the third and played way better. Yeah. And if they would have played for more than 20 minutes, they could have won that game. And here coming into the road trip, I said, oh, this is the most winnable game. we got to have this game because if we don't win this one, we might not win one all trip. And while well, we see what happened to tonight. Come out flat like that. Yeah, to come out yeah. flat, but at least they responded in the third. I mean, at least they gave a response, kind of like the PG game. They, they didn't play well in the first 20, and they came mm -hmm. out better in the second and third. Yeah, I, I watched the highlights and the goals that uh, Buskey did let in. I don't think any of them were stopped goals or anything no. that he would want no. back there. Yeah. Like you said, two on ones or on the power plays, they got two power play goals. Uh, we gave up two that is, and then a shorty like, and a shorty was, yeah, we shouldn't have given that up. And, and then we score on that. that power sucks. Play. That's a, yeah, but that's your, that's that the, the winning winner. goal. Yeah, yeah. It was a shorty you gave up and it's like, <laughs> I know that's, that's tough to swallow. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, really nice to see Englot got two goals that game. You yeah. can kind of, you want to give some credit to the dub network bump apparently yeah. is a thing so yeah 
guys have been putting articles out on players and all of a sudden they kind of respond. Yeah. So, I mean, Englot has been, he's uh, been hot as on of a late. good trajectory. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Chris wrote a, an article for dub network, uh, just talking about Drew Englot and, um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I like I like Struch's marks on him. He's like he's a pro already. He works hard, and and you can yeah. see that in his game. So yeah. I thought that was some good words for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anything else about that game or the shots? Forty-one to forty. Pat's actually outshot them. Yeah, it was quite Let's a few shots, shots both ways. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of back to that Englot thing, we kind of talked to him about in the our trade deadline special or or whatever the breaking news special that we had that Englot and uh, Jacob Brooker. Yeah, our friends. If yeah. if you guys if you didn't hear that episode, and so Jacob Brook, he's hurt, so he's going to be out for a while. But he he may have the same work ethic as Englot yeah, does, and, and awesome. Paddock says that could that's good for us. That's yeah. we like to see. We like Englot's game, so if he has the same game, that'd be nice. Absolutely. And then uh, tonight's game. So we actually got to watch this just now. Uh, just ended a few minutes ago, really. And uh, what a surprise! What a well played game that was. Yeah, so, and there's a 60-minute game right there. Like yeah, we came out full right so, from the start. Yeah. So Pats won uh, 5-3 in the end. Um, yeah, it was well played. The whole team, top to bottom, um, set off, stood out, four assists. How about like, and they got the double minor. They scored on both parts of that double minor. Yeah. Like, that's huge. Yeah, that when is. you get those, that's what you, that's, that's what you think. Man, we can get two goals out of this. And they well, did. That was fantastic yeah and i totally glossed over that i totally forgot about the tri-city game they had a five-minute major walker got hit it was kind of yes, awkward hit yeah, and yeah. they called a five-minute major on that so they had a five-minute major and then they then tc took a penalty in that five minutes so we had a full two minutes five on three and during the five on three the pats had i don't think they had a shot on net and tri-city hit the post so they had the best chance five on three yeah so that was that was rough. Like they they yeah. really struggled. That was in the second period, I believe. Yeah. That's still when they were really struggling in the game. But that that was I thought oh after that I was like oh this th- this game's not going anywhere. And then the third period they came out and yep. responded, but yeah. it was just too late. Yeah. Yep. No, this is much better. Um, Definitely. And to to chase Wolf like yeah. he's, he's one of the best he's boys world in the junior goaltender, right? Yeah. So Top chase him out of the net. Score put up five on him. Yeah. 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 Well, when we previewed this game with uh with uh Joshua, that's what he said. I mean, we were looking at this game, they had the best they had the what? top goal score. Top goal scorer, top assist Guy. point getter. Yeah. And the best goals against average. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so. it was like we kinda like X oh, this one. Yeah. That'll like, be a tough one. <laughs> but wow. Like and I don't know if ever it was um you know, maybe taking it a bit lightly, getting ahead of themselves or well, what, but... Yeah, and then I just heard post-game there. They're on a bit of a slide, they are, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're 2-8 and eight or something in the last 10. So something like that. Since the break, they haven't been very good, yeah. it sounds like. So that's kind of a little surprising. Where is it here? Everett, 4-5 uh, and five in the past 10, so... And then you look at, compared to Portland, who's 8-0-1-1 oh, and one in their past right. 10. So they've... Yeah. Really taking a lead on that uh, whole actually conference now. All right. Well, before we go on, so I guess yeah, leading into Portland. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of. Uh, so this week kind of got me thinking about what I do for trivia, and I wanted to think of like the big blockbuster trade. So put in first one. I didn't know there'd be a lot of like junior hockey. So of course, first, I mean the biggest blockbuster trade ever, right, is the Gretzky trade. So everyone knows about the players and stuff like that, but there's also a cash element to that. And so I, I think that was key. It was more of a sell-off rather than a, a trade. Yeah, per se. yeah. And the players. So the money that returned, you know, no idea, but it was quite a bit, wasn't it? It was. So I'll let you know what it was after. <laughs> <laughs> the Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Connexus. Next time you're stuck in traffic for a while, here's something to think about instead of why the car in front of you is going so slow or the car behind you is trying to hitch a ride on your bumper. What if your bank was committed to working with you to achieve your goals? What if they cared enough? to get to know you? What if they weren't successful unless you were? What if your financial well-being drove everything they did? Come see why things are different at Conexus. Stop by any branch to learn more about how Conexus cares. So the cash was actually $15 million. 15. Which oh. at that time was a lot. Because well, yeah. when you look back at that era... What was it, 1993? There weren't many guys making a million dollars a year. It was... Uh, I think I saw something recently. It was 92 season, maybe? Maybe the first year that he was in LA, um, 
or 93. I don't know. When did that trade? I can't that? remember exactly. I anyway, I saw something from like the 92, 93 season and Lemieux and him were the only ones making more than, than a million. 1 million. Yeah. So $15 million then is a yeah. lot. That's yeah. like your, that's like a year's bankroll probably almost. Yeah. That probably was the sal- the salary kind of right. cap. So that's a ton of money. Um, so then I did kind of, it was like we were saying, this is a rabbit hole. When you start looking at, uh, picks that get traded and how guys end up in places, there's, you can go down deep. So I did want to just kind of try and find a, a junior hockey one. So, um, one of the more recent ones with, uh, specifically kind of like Kelowna doing this year. Um, so they picked up Leon Drysaddle from PA. So one of the interesting things I found was Leon Drysaddle had 192 points in junior hockey, uh, the German junior hockey. That was over 29 games. Ooh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's insane. It was like yeah. eight points a game. So anyways, then, then he ended up in the dub. He played 128 games, scored 163 points. But the thing that I found a little bit interesting was it was only, um, so he came from PA. They only, Kelowna only gave up a first, a fourth, and two players. Oh, interesting. And the players were, they haven't amounted to much. Like, yeah. So for this guy, throw-ins. for Leon Dreisaitl, like one of the now, like so they got a really good deal with him. I think that was. I know Edmonton had their hands in that because I don't think they wanted him back in PA because PA was struggling that year. Oh. They wanted him. They really wanted him to be playing on a good team. So I think okay. I think that forced PA's hands to take whatever they could get. So huh. maybe that they didn't get. Yeah, it was just interesting to see they did not get a lot. Well, yeah, you you look at some of these trades in the O and the Q, and there was that one in the O. The guy got what three firsts and five seconds. Oh, like, yeah, just unbelievable. unbelievable. And then and then Kelowna this year, they didn't want to do anything. They didn't right. want to. They didn't want to go all in on. They didn't even want to give up their first round pick this coming draft. I mean, this draft is deep, and I yeah. think we're going to get into that in the upcoming they episode. They barely did anything. Yeah, I'm just have the draft or the sorry the. Well, transactions they they fight. picked up two guys and they and traded moved, two guys and moved uh joseph and then they moved carrier we picked up carrier from him oh yeah yeah so there was two trades so obviously i don't know for whatever reason they couldn't get carrier in the vice deal they ended up getting him in a separate deal yeah yeah but yeah like Kelowna did nothing and uh, well so Hmm. Yeah, like they traded that guy right there. Uh, what's his name? Jonas Petrick. Or no, they picked him up. Sorry. Yeah, for a fifth. So he must not be. Yeah, like it's. Huh. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Or no, they traded him because that's in the trade. So they traded away him and they picked and up a fifth. Oh, yeah. So they're yeah, just yeah. moving players and getting picks. Yeah. They didn't really do much. Um. Yeah, they, they traded another one there, Joe, Jared Newell, for a sixth. So. Uh, breaking down Regina's trades, so uh, obviously um, the Max Pack trade is kind of the the most prominent. But uh, we also moved Feist. Uh, that was a little bit earlier, but uh, got a fourth round pick for him, so not too bad. Yeah, I, I think we'll take that all day long. Yeah, were you uh, <clears throat> were you happy with the second for for Max? Yeah, I don't think we would have got it. I don't think we could have yeah. got a first for Brent him. Parker in that interview wasn't. He didn't, yeah. he didn't, maybe a second and a couple more. I, I don't know. Maybe but two I think, seconds. I think the player actually may prove to be a, a fairly significant piece. Jacob. Brooke. Yeah. 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 We'll see how, what he turns out to be. Right. Yeah. Obviously we're not going to see much from him this year. No. But uh, we'll see him next year. And then, uh, so daily to Saskatoon for a sixth. Yeah. That I mean. really a. Whatever. Yeah. He's not going to be back next year, I wouldn't think. He's got no. two goals this year. We yeah. got a sixth round. Sure. <clears throat> Great. Yeah. And then uh, and then we just spoke a little bit about this one. Cole Carrier from Kelowna uh, for a sixth and a conditional eighth. Yeah. So you basically take that sixth that you got from for Daly and yeah. flip him into a 17-year-old. So this is a 17-year-old. Eight, only eight games in the WHL. He's playing with, uh, he's playing in the A. JHL right now. He's actually he's got an injury right now too. He's not going to be here right away. Oh, but okay. he's not. It's not like a, a long term. They they just said he's not going to join the team on this trip. And 
Okay. May see him later. But, I mean, some nice moves. Or I mean, you look at now 2020, you've got a uh, first-round pick from Lethbridge uh, in that Lethbridge trade that we did. So it's actually Swift's first, right? Yeah. And then we have uh, two seconds and three-fourths. Two seconds and three-fourths. Yeah. Yeah, and, and by all accounts, I think even Brent Proc. Parker talked about it in that uh, WHL Unfiltered interview that this draft is pretty good. He's like, I wouldn't be too concerned about a late round first, yeah, first late round first round pick. Like he's he said they uh, it it sounds like it's a good draft this year. And obviously the top three guys all applied for exceptional status, so you know that they're really really high end. And yeah, two of them are out of Saskatchewan, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so nice to see some Saskatchewan talent. Um, coming to the top and you know maybe that helps them sell or you know with being from Saskatchewan maybe that helps them uh, attract them to the Pats yeah who knows um, good anything else you want to talk about today or uh, we just go into that yeah we'll go into the interview right away I just we're looking pretty heavy in that 17 year old age group now like you got two four six six guys on the current roster and yeah. paul is signed so a seventh yeah. Yeah. forward so we're looking pretty heavy for 17s which is fine that's yeah, not yeah. a problem until <laughs> they're yeah gonna be 20 next year so exactly so yeah. now we're down to four 19s this year you four got 19s. denimi crane okay. walker busky so yeah, that's that's, that's what your 20 year olds are potentially next year yeah and then we're pretty loaded next year for 19 so we'll have four forwards and four d men next year so hopefully those guys can really help drive this team next year and get you know get out of the basement here yeah yeah and bring along these 17s and 16s like we're gonna have maybe a little bit of a younger younger d core like we got four 16 signed right but yeah no it's uh, like we say we have faith in paddock he seems to know what he's doing and he you know yeah, he made some moves, nothing too too crazy, crazy or anything. Nothing but unexpected, really. Yeah, I think we all saw saw this stuff coming down. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so we're going to throw it to that interview, and then... Um, good, well, let's, uh, let's go from the frying pan right into the fire. So we go from Everett into uh, Portland, <laughs> one of the best teams in the WHL. It's going to be... We always say this road, road trip's a tough one for, for the Pats. We always seem to struggle on it, and uh, this year is going to be no exception, especially looking at uh, going into Portland. So uh, they're your, your team. Why don't you give us a little rundown on them? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think one of the teams that a lot of fans were excited to come see through the U.S. division was Saskatoon, um, and Saskatoon really struggled coming through here, uh, including an 8-0 loss to Portland. So, um you know, Portland is kind of the opposite of Everett and opposite of what they've been in, in years past. They don't have a dominant top line, but their depth scoring, they roll four lines basically all throughout the game. Johnson will start to shorten the bench a little bit, maybe after 10 minutes left in the third, but all four lines are just fast. And um, one of the stats that really stands out to me is Portland has 27 wins and 14 different players have a game-winning goal. So it's... Um, and Johnson, Mike Johnson, the head coach, talks a lot about it at during the games of, all right, if you try and shut down this one line and you, you throw all your attention there, you know, the, the quote-unquote second line gets them. And then the next night it's a different line, and the next night it's the other line. So Portland just throws speed um, at, at teams and is often, you know, can be wearing them down. They have one regulation loss dating back to November 9th. Um, but, um, you know, and that was – the cam loops but um that they are um you know a lot of people thought they were going to take a step back when when joel hofer went away uh yeah. the world juniors and they also you know a lot of fans have forgotten that simon knack um left as well for for switzerland and portland's doing all this without you know a top six winger who who is really producing for them as well so you know, I get a lot of questions about, you know, what is Portland going to do? Are they looking to add? And, and my question or my answer is right now is they haven't had Simon Knack for about a month. And so they're getting a player who's going to come in who's, you know, I think he's got 20 something points. I should have had his stats. I apologize about that. But he's 
you know, they're basically adding a top six winger who hasn't been on the team for a month. So um, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to, to see what they do. Um, I think a lot of fans, Pats fans who, who appreciate speed um, in the game are going to love watching Portland, especially Seth Jarvis. Uh, the kid can 17 year old can just absolutely fly. Um, Portland's, you know, stats, they, they don't have, you know, a dominant player on the stat sheet. They don't have guys in the top 10, top 15 in scoring, but they just get it th- all throughout their lineup. And in a league that, I mean, you guys know, um, is often dominated by by 19-year-olds, mm-hmm. Portland has one 19-year-old forward and two 20-year-olds. Everyone else is 16, 17, or 18. Um, so they're doing this with just real young young forwards who just keep pressuring you. Yeah, and we, and we were just looking at that. Portland is the hottest team right now. Yep. So do they yeah, they've got, need yeah. to make a move, right? Like, And that's yep. without Hofer for a while. Yep, and because they, they brought in uh, Isaiah Delora at the start of the year from from Prince George, and you know he didn't see a lot of time with, with Hofer in that. But with Hofer gone, you know Delora and uh, Januzzi, uh, who got called up, who was playing in the MJHL, uh, got called up, and the team hasn't lost. And I think... You know, I don't have the, their stats combined, but the, the last it, the last it was was um, you know they were still like I, I, I wish I had it, but it was like under two goals against average and like in the nine twenty save percentage or something like that. So it was um, it was just absolutely um, haven't missed a beat um, with them. So obviously Port, Portland is going to turn the net back over to, to Hofer when, when he comes back, but. Um, we were wondering yeah, they, if they'd give him some time. So I talked with Mike Johnson about that, and uh, he is going to get some time. Obviously, we don't know how, uh, at the time of the recording, <laughs> how the game turned out yeah. here. But uh, he will miss Portland's game on Tuesday. But Johnson said that he expects um, Hofer back when Portland travels to Victoria next weekend for Friday and Saturday. So whether or not he plays, right. uh, he will be He will be back, oh, okay. um, at least and as of uh, Saturday night, we're, we're wondering Regina, sometimes the team that uh, garners uh, a rest from the starter, we could, could see that too. Uh, just, they're not a huge, huge threat. So we were wondering sure. if we'd see Hofer or not. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, the, the question I, I'd say to that is Portland played four straight games against Prince George and Joel Hofer started all four. <laughs> oh yeah. That was an interesting yeah, a few so, games you guys had of home and home and home and home. Or yeah, it was like yeah, a double. Two, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was two games up in Prince George and then two games back in in Portland. So yeah. Portland treated it um, as as a playoff series and kind of used it Basically. as an opportunity. Yeah, and it was all right because they've got so many young players, and for a while they had you know, Tyson Kozak just turned seventeen. He has a December 29th birthday. Who's their third line center? Um, but Portland was rolling three 16 year old centers for a while. Um, and so that's a lot of, you know, again, a 19 year old league and you're running three 16 year old centers. Yeah, now, you know, Kozak's technically a, you know, 17 by birth year as of 2002, but, you know, by two days. Right. Um, so they kind of tried to get these guys experience and get them used to the fact of, OK, this is what a, a playoff series is going to be like. It's going to be travel and um, you're seeing the same you know, team and whether they're Prince George or whether they're Everett or Kamloops, it's not easy beating a team that many times in a row and teams start to figure out your tendencies. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's an interesting, that's a really neat way of looking at it. Yeah. As as a kind of a playoff feel to it. Not, not that the teams are that way, but uh, just the road trip, because as you, as you mentioned, Portland does a lot of traveling. Uh, And, and, you know, we've, we talk about Portland here. They just seem to breed success. They're just one of those perennial teams that is, good and even after losing some major stars last year moving on yep. and they still are one of the best teams and it's just they're a very successful franchise and uh yeah it's something we certainly take note of and notice out here one of the things i think when because we get that question a, a lot down here in, in portland is kind of what's the key to that and it's you know because mike johnson isn't afraid to trade away first and second round picks and yeah. Portland has a lot of players on their team who are uh, from the U.S. who were not in the draft or players who are late round picks for them. And so, you know, two of their 16-year-olds, um, you know, they, they found who um, are 
playing key minutes for them and, you know, scoring goals. And they were guys who didn't go through the draft that they were able to get to commit. And had they gone through the draft, they're probably second and third round picks. So Portland is able to trade away these picks because they're able to do so well with their scouting. I think they've got more scouts than any team in, in the WHL. Um, but they also, at, at the same time, they've got, um, they're able to get players who, who can commit from, um, from the, from the States that maybe some other teams don't have, um, that same advantage. Yeah. That's something the Pats are trying to get into is getting more into that American market mm-hmm. to some success, but, uh, yeah, and obviously being in the states that helps the the American, you know, American kids commit to that uh, program. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to pull them away from that NCAA commitment. Yep. Yeah, it it can be very hard, but you know the the nice the thing about the the West, and this is you know I kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth with my NCAA experience and everything, but you know the West we're seeing more and more kids from California, Arizona, Texas. You know, mm-hmm. there's only three. T- teams if you don't count the alaska schools and i guess four now with the addition of arizona state there's only four division one programs west of colorado um so this tremendous open space there's you know with the success california's had with with the kings winning their cup and and all of that you're seeing more and more of these kids and hockey starting to to take off and there's not a lot of the ncaa is not as big out here and i think that's why you saw the WHL announced this new uh, U.S. U.S. draft that they're going to do, and you know there's still a lot of details that are still aren't known with that. But you know we know it's going to be a two-round draft, and uh, it's going to take place before the Bantam draft. So they're trying to, you know, and they're going to have this tournament up in Seattle with eight different from eight different you know teams from from around both Canada and and uh, the Southwest, and to try and help grow the game and give some of these other you know Canadian teams an opportunity to get some of these American onto their squad yeah and the pats have they've dipped into the arizona market and even the guy that they got returned from everett for ty cole he's uh he's in la and he's a teammate of a uh, prospect of the pats as well yeah. so maybe there was some conversation going on there it's yeah. really interesting yeah. you talk about growing the game right because we come from it's saturated i don't think you can grow yep. the game anymore here well, the game is kind of almost taking a step back i'd say if anything yeah yeah, yeah. So it's interesting to see uh, some stories and viewpoints of where hockey isn't uh, just impregnated into the culture, and uh, yeah, wh- efforts having to be made. Yeah, when I when I first moved, my hometown in Minnesota has more rinks in one building than the Portland and Vancouver Metro combined. Mm-hmm. How Vancouver, many Washington, that is. Um, so there's four. Um, four main ones, but three that get used by the local junior, t- or the local um, local teams here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, my local rink in Minnesota had had four ice sheets, right. so it's just it's it, it's it's such a difference out here. And so as they try and find, you know, more ice time, and you know, I think with NHL coming to Seattle, that's that's going to be another, you know, another key another key aspect to to, to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Yeah, and I talked to Chad about that on WHL Filtered one episode, and we've got beside the Brand Center, the Pats rink. There's a sixplex there, plus another six spread around the city, plus I don't know thirty to forty outdoor rinks, and <laughs> and then every all, little farm town along. Yeah, just outside high, of town. Yeah, all have rinks, multiple rinks. I so. don't know how many there are in the province. Yeah, Hundreds. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have yeah. a million people or just over a million. So, yeah. Good. Uh, so then we got a few days off. Maybe some team building. Might have some two, some new team members by then. Uh, and then we're into Seattle on the Friday. Uh, Seattle and Regina, of course, have a bit of a history. Now those players are mostly all gone. Not much of those teams left, but um, still a bit of a, a history there. What uh, What can you tell us about Seattle? You know, Seattle's a, a real interesting team to try and digest, um, like we talked about before. And, you know, they moved their their captain, uh, former 40-goal scorer, Matthew Wedman, who, who does have, you know, Memorial Cup um, experience. Um, he, they moved him to, to Kelowna, and um, they've really – they kind of picked up their place since since then. And it's one of those kind of like we talked about, you don't really know what you're going to get with, with Seattle. Um, they are a very big team. They are not afraid to play physical 
whatsoever. Um, they have seven players who are six foot three or taller. Um, they're always in the game. Uh, they can sometimes um, run out of gas at the end, but they they never quit. And that's one thing, you know, fans in Portland and fans in Everett have, have seen now, you know, Portland, again, um, you know, kind of was running laps around them sometimes with with the time of possession uh, and everything. Uh, Portland in two games put up 50 shots in, in each game. Uh, Roddy Ross, if, if you end up seeing seeing him is is a is a really good uh, goaltender, uh, someone who's going to be able to. Um, you know, steal games, uh, win games, uh, keep the team in it. Um, you know, Henrik Rubinsky is is a player who's uh, who's coming on right now. Um, and then uh, Simon Kubitschek, I think is how you say his name. He had a really good performance at for the Czech Republic at World Juniors, so they'll be getting him back. Um, Andre Kukucha uh, leads the team with 33 points. He he's a he's got a really good shot. I think fans are gonna like seeing uh, from him and. Um, on, on the blue line, it, it can be sometimes their, their, I don't want to call it their weakness. Cause I don't know if that's maybe fair to say, but, uh, an area where they maybe don't have some of the same, uh, star power that, that they have elsewhere. But Tyrell Bauer is probably their minutes leader. Uh, he's an all around really good player. He hasn't quite finished like I thought he maybe would this year, but he's really strong, really good defensively. Um, I think, uh, the, the, the interesting stat with Seattle, and I think I didn't, update my stats from from last night but uh you know you guys are obviously going to see uh seattle at home but um up until yesterday um up until yesterday so not counting anything they did last night but uh on friday night they had two power play goals on the road all season so it was like two for six two for like 60 something wow. but they were like third or fourth at home or something i, I can't remember some crazy stats but they had weird, two man. yeah so you just don't really know um but their power play is is very different at home. Uh, the running joke that we kind of had um, among some of the media members is that maybe they need those obnoxious fans to yell shoot because um, <laughs> they just pass the puck around on, on the road. But yeah. um, but you know Seattle's a Seattle's a team where you're going to want to keep your head up because they're not afraid not afraid to to lay the body. But but they've also got guys who can put the puck in the net. Yeah, that's that's. Uh similar to their story when they played uh, Regina in the final. Yeah. They could score. They had, you know, guys like, uh, oh, what's his name now? Uh, oh, that goon. No, well, no, <laughs> they had guys that score, and then they had... Oh, Barzell? Barzell, right? Oh he God, was yeah. flashing with the puck. Like, he, he was a step ahead of everybody there. And then, yeah, then they had guys like Ottenbright and stuff that were yeah, very, very physical and... and uh, yeah, impose their will upon Regina in that final. I was just looking. They lead the league in PIMS by 50 <laughs> to the next team. 10%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, so I think bring some it. of that, they do bring it. And I think some of those are maybe not so much some of the physical stuff, but with being a bigger team, they're a little, I don't want to say slow, but they're just slower than Spokane and Everett. And mm -hmm. when you play those teams in Portland, Right when you play those teams eight times, twelve times, um, you're you're not going to have the puck, and so you're chasing. So they they're oftentimes picking up interference or stick stick penalties, yeah. but not taking anything away from from some of that. But yeah, they are definitely uh, can pick up some uh, penalty minutes. Right on. Then we wrap up here in Spokane on the 18th Saturday, finishing off this road trip. Uh, yeah, give us a little bit of your insight on Spokane, please. Yeah, so Spokane, they you know they sit comfortably uh, in third place right now. Uh, they're ten points back of, of Everett for second, and fourteen clear of Tri City. So I don't want to say they're locked into that three spot, but um, you know they're a team who you know if I'm being completely honest, I had them picked to win the to win the division uh, to start the year. Um, last year their big question mark was in goal, and they added LA Kings third round uh, pick uh, Luca Lucas Parik, uh, who. Anyone who watched the World Juniors saw him play a little bit uh, for Czech Republic. Uh, him and Ty Smith are are away, and you know we saw Parik get get injured, so we don't know what his status is for for Spokane. And 
you know, they, they brought in uh, James Porter, who, you know, was, was in uh, Kelowna, uh, but actually got acquired from, from Moose Jaw. So there was, a, there was a trade that had taken place there, and I don't remember what that other trade was, but he had last seen WHL action in, in Kelowna. Um, but then uh, if, if Parikh can't go, uh, Mason Bopit has, has taken some time. He's a 16-year-old netminder. Again, big netminder, six foot five. Um, the one thing I did want to say about the U.S. division, to just kind of taking a quick step back, is that four of the five starters um, are NHL drafted goalies. Um, mm. So with, with Parikh, Hofer, um, Wolf, and who am I missing? Ross, Roddy Ross in Seattle. Okay. So uh, the, the U.S. division is is kind of known as a, as you got some good goalies. Um, but so, um, you know, Bopit is a little bit raw still. He, he's a rookie. He's only played a couple games. He's been playing in the BCMML. Um, so he shows some some potential. But uh, Spokane is they're kind of a, a mixture of all of all other four teams. They've got some size. They can knock knock you around a little bit and play that physical style game if if you want to, uh, but they're also not afraid to take chances. And, you know, if they want to win a 10, eight game, they're fine doing that too. So, um, you know, right now they've got perhaps two of the hottest players in the league. Uh, Adam Beckman is a third round pick by the Minnesota wild. He's got goals in 10 straight games, uh, which is just unreal. Uh, that's a franchise record for them. And then Eli Zumak has points in 14 straight, uh, which is a WHL best, uh, at the moment. So, um, they've got all the tools they've got, you know, I think they're missing, you know, not having Smith on the back end really, really hurts them, but they've got all the, all the key pieces that a team would need to be successful. They've got the scoring, they've got the age, they've got the physicality. Now they've got the goaltender, they've got a power play. Um, you know, it's maybe struggling a little bit, but they've got a new coach in, in Manny Vivros, which I know maybe you guys have seen a little bit yeah. of him, some of his style, but, um, you know, they're, they're trying to implement his system a little bit. So, but Spokane is, you know, they, they've got, they've got everything. They just can't seem to quite put it together. They don't historically make a ton of moves at the trade deadline. You know, they had Kyler Yamamoto, uh, for, for a while there and they, they never, did anything to bring him in. And now this is the last year with Ty Smith. So are they going to look to make a run with him? Um, right. you know, I think the Parikh, the Parikh injury could, could, you know, I don't want to say takes, you know, takes or determines what's going to happen with them. But, you know, if they lose him for any stretch of time that they could be in trouble. Um, the player that a lot of fans lose sight of uh, was uh, losing Jake McGrew um, early in the year. He, he got hurt uh, in a, in a fight, um, when, when he went down and he's been out for, out for the year, uh, he's a 20 year old player signed by, uh, San Jose. Uh, we've seen San Jose send a couple players back, um, over the past couple of years and, uh, McGregor and, and Blickfeld who've just absolutely lit up the league yeah. and McGrew was on pace to do the exact same thing. And that's really hurt them. Um, you know, their power play last year led the league and, you know, it's eighth ranked right now, I think getting, you know, Smith back, you know, who's the reigning WHL defenseman of the year, um, will really help them. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my quick high level. There's a couple other players that I think, um, for fans who are, who are looking at towards the draft, uh, Jack Finley and Bear Hughes are having great years. They're probably going to get drafted. Uh, Finley is just a, (laughs) you want to talk about a bowling ball who can shoot the puck. Uh, it's Jack Finley. Um. You know, he's he's six foot five, um, uses his size real really well, um, and is you know not afraid to go to, to the front of the net. He can play on, on the you know that net front spot on the power play if if he needs to. Um, he's a former sixth overall pick in the Bantam draft, uh, and then Bear Hughes, smaller guy, but uh, again, you want to talk about speed. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't get out in the open. He would be a, a guy that I would love to see uh, if they did like a fastest skater competition because I think he would do really well. Yeah, and he's got a really good story behind him as well. If, if people haven't uh, read his story, definitely check that out. An unconventional rise to the WHL. Yep. A little teaser for later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, anything else you want to ask him, Chris? No, I don't think so. Um, that's uh, that's a pretty comprehensive rundown. For I think so. We always uh, we were saying, oh, we'll, we'll talk for a few minutes, but... As it just goes, yeah, when we get a few WHL people, junior hockey people that are passionate about it, we can we can keep going and talking. But uh, I think we've taken enough of your time today, and we really, really do appreciate it. And thank you yeah, for 
shedding yeah. the light on on this uh, this division that yeah we don't get to see very often and kind of sometimes feel a little disconnected from, but uh, really happy with the information you provided us. Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you guys so much for having me on, and it'll be fun to looking forward to to watching a few games uh, of the Pats since I don't get a chance to see them much either. So uh, it should be a good uh, good road trip. Right on. Thank you very much. All right. Yep. See you guys Thanks, around the Josh. rink. Okay. Uh, yeah, so thanks again to Josh for doing that interview a couple of weeks ago now. Sorry about your Vikings and sorry about my Seahawks tonight. But uh, yeah, thanks Josh for that. That was really good. And uh, Yeah, it covers yeah. The, these last three games on this road trip. And Yeah, uh, the one thing I do want to talk about though is, uh, we, so we've alluded to it here, but to find this Brent Parker interview, it's through WHL Unfiltered, and that's Dub Networks. Um, podcast and it was it was one of the better interviews i've heard yeah. in a long time uh so obviously brent parker was the gm during the 2001 era pats and it's just he goes into so much detail detail about um how trades kind of play out and and building a memorial cup team and how that looks and and the drafts and he and i don't want to ruin it but because uh, i want to kind of get people to listen to it for them but he talked about the Eberly year and not trading and kind of the stories around that. So uh, it's just, it was really, really good. Uh, I think yeah. maybe extra for Pats fans, but I think anyone who's interested in junior hockey, there was some really kind of candid behind the scenes discussion, which was awesome. And Sean Mullen did a lot of the interview, who is fantastic radio yeah, yeah. He's really as well. He's really added an element to that Yeah, you can just show. tell he's got radio background and that professionalism yeah, yeah. he brings and uh, it was an awesome interview so um everyone should go check that out yeah and brent parker's still involved in the whl he's scouting for iss so he's yep. it's not like he's yeah. you know sitting on a porch somewhere just on totally. a rocking chair yeah he's, he's still he's involved well into it yeah yeah be. yeah the boys aren't back till the 24th now so still almost two weeks away but uh yeah so far so good actually on the road trip pretty pretty happy with it yeah, I know. I I mean, I would have taken one win out of those first two games, and yeah. I, I guess it was it's fine. I mean, it was not the win that we thought we were going to get, but uh, a win's a win. And yeah, and that Portland game just will be a bad. It'll be a tough one. It'll be nice to see Portland. I mean, if you want to watch a game, that's they're they're the cream of the crop. Yeah, in the, in the dub right and now. And the so. funny stat about Portland, they do not have a 19 year old forward on their roster. Forward or so they have uh, at least forward. Okay, I don't know about d-man but i believe chad's tweet was they don't have a 19 year old forward don't quote me on that okay as as a 19 year old player but i'm i'm pretty sure it's just 19 year old forward so because i know they had a lot of young kids last year yeah and those 17s have turned into really good 18s this year and then i don't know what they have for 20s if they're forwards or d or what but the 18s are driving that team right now and they are hot Mm -hmm. real hot so they're gonna be good next year yeah portland (laughs) might be even better next year but I wonder what happened with Hofer because he's a twenty. Oh, yeah. He's a twenty next year, but he's signed. So mm. see what happens. You never know. Goalies yeah. are always that kind of they, they, wild card. Yeah, and they usually lag behind in a little bit development, but they yeah. might want to get him. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. but well, yeah, Portland could be even better next year. That's a good topic to talk with Josh again some other time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up. Uh, so yeah, some good games this week. If you uh, want to stay up and watch them, yeah, it'll be some late <laughs> ones. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good night, guys. Thanks for everyone for tuning in and watching on uh, on uh, Twitter. I got the chat thing working. I think going forward we'll have that working. So that'll be great. Sweet. Yeah. Thanks for the comments, Matt. All right. Good night. By set off into the slot for Holmes. Step shot scores. Robbie Holmes rips it off the post and in short side. What a rip! And Nikita set off picks up his fourth assist of the game.